Welcome back to NPR's Smooth Jazz. I'm Pimp Daddy Andy. I'm here with... <laughs> wow, I didn't expect that. <laughs> Fine, I guess we'll do the comic book podcast. Mike had to ruin it. A little warning would have been nice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, welcome to Comics and More. I'm the dumbass of the moment, Andy. I'm the dumbass to the right, Mike. <laughs> I'm totally cool. I'm Lex. <laughs> By the way, this was opposite day, <laughs> as Alex just proved. Exactly. So, uh, you know, whenever Mike joins us, we always like to start off with the, the patented Mike rant. So uh, why don't we uh, just poke the bear right away and uh, talk about Gotham. Yeah, let's talk about Gotham. <laughs> um, I had really high hopes for Gotham. Because <laughs> you're the, a dumbass. I am a dumbass. All the previews seemed really um, exciting God and like they were going to tell a good story, but... Then um, I didn't watch it last night. I had to watch it uh, this afternoon, so it's still very fresh in my mind. And um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done on that show, to, to put it very kindly. Um, but you got to see Oswald Cobblepot as a thin man. You, you did, and um, that's what fans have been clamoring for since yeah. since 1941. You know what'll make the penguin even better is if he was even douchier and thin. But they're really just foregoing any sort of subtlety on this show. Like, here's a guy who he's talking in riddles. Who's he gonna turn out to be? Here's a guy who uh, he like kind of looks like a penguin. Who's he <laughs> gonna turn out to be? And it's just poorly written and. It's got Jada Pinkett Smith in it, and she can't act, and I don't know who told her she could act. Her husband. But <laughs> Which one is she? Um, she is Fish Mooney, a character created specifically for the show. Oh, okay. So hopefully she'll be killed off well, soon. Well, then I definitely have a reason to watch, because <laughs> there's that character. Oh, just wait till they first appear in the uh, you know New Fifty Two comics. First New Fifty Two appearance of Fish Mooney as seen. That's when you know sales are slipping on either the comic or the show or both. Why would you name a character that? That's the goofiest name I can think of. Come on. <laughs> because at some point they're gonna have the penguin turn on her, and then they can do some crazy penguin fish line. Oh God. That, like I'm watching it in my head right now and my head is hurting <laughs> I I want to tell you that's not what they're going to do but yeah wow that's the reason she's named that they someone had a bad pun and my guess is the uh, season finale that's going to be the <laughs> line <laughs> ah, fish mooney you know what penguins do to fish don't you <laughs> we eat them <laughs> Only their joke won't be quite as good. <laughs> but uh, speaking of horrible DC ideas, um, I'm sorting through some back issues, and I come upon some Image comics from the early-ish, mid-90s. And, uh, Mike, I'm sure you remember these quality, quality comics well. You know, Lex, you were probably in kindergarten, so these you know, won't have as much uh, <laughs> uh, hatred. But Image decided to do this radical idea in 1993 or 4 or whatever it was where they were going to jump all their books ahead for like 4 or 5 years <laughs> and they were really confusing and then they tried to jam those books into continuity over the next few years um, and uh, some of them were so bad that the creators of the regular books 
came out with another issue number, the same issue, to say just put that in your collection instead. And as I'm looking at this Futures and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, I have this wall of Futures and while I'm holding <laughs> these Wildstorm books from 1994, and I go, oh my god, I'm reading the same story, and it hasn't gotten better. Now, if you didn't read the image books from the 90s, this future end doesn't totally suck. But if you did, you're like, oh my God, I've just ruined the new 52 futures end for you. If you know you reading them didn't already do that. <laughs> Everyone became a cyborg and or lost limbs. And in, we've already seen uh, Supergirl became a cyborg. Um, yeah, I was going to say, in the 90s, it was cool for people to become cyborgs. Like, Spider-Man almost became a cyborg. That was cool. But it's not cool anymore to do that. Everyone gets choker collars. Because, mm. you know, that... You know you know what makes a character cooler? Oh, just give him, like, a choker collar. Maybe, yeah. maybe a little belt buckle on their neck. Like, that'll just be totally awesome. Robin is like a 40-year-old black man. And <laughs> I, I still can't get over that. <laughs> But the best part about it is there's zero explanation. Yep. It's like, well, if you're still, you got to read these books for five more years to figure this out. And I'm wondering if it's going to be like one year later where they're going to they're gonna be like, oh, you have to read the whole thing to figure it out. And then the last issue of 52, they jammed in a year's worth of crap into seven pages. I just think by the time we get to the end of Future's End, we're going to have forgotten all those issues anyway, so it's really not going to matter. Now, I'm, I'm convinced that this is DC throwing as much stuff against the wall as they can, and then they're going to read the message boards to find out what people liked, and then just come out with a ton of it. So I want to go on every message board. I ask all eight of you listening, go on every DC message board and talk about how awesome Cyborg Supergirl is. <laughs> all right? We're going to make that a thing. Everyone log on to every message board, Facebook, hashtag, Twitter, everything you can on social media. Cyborg Supergirl is awesome. Let's go. <laughs> if Colbert can do it, I can do it. Sure, he has a million times as many followers as me. Literally. <laughs> but I still think, rally together, fellow geeks, make Cyborg Supergirl a thing. Show DC how horrible their ideas truly are. Oh, and 40-year-old uh, Black Robin, too. Because that's the only non-white character DC has currently. <laughs> I read that issue and I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. And I, I looked online. Apparently, he was in year uh, the zero year thing as a child. And I'm like, I don't remember him at all. So, yeah, because you know who updated that wiki article? Dan Didio. <laughs> oh, obviously, if you read the book, oh, you would have known. Uh, I skimmed through the Green Lantern Corps one. Uh, and John Stewart is in it, and he's just an angry, angry guy in the future. He just gets real angry. Let me guess, he killed somebody, and there's going to be some kind of trial about it. Because that's well, his thing. he kills a lot of people. Oh. They sort of forgo the trial and just turn him into another color lantern. <laughs> See, I read The Red Lanterns, which is not a very good book normally, but this one was awesome. Because five years in the future... Guy Gardner is now a Blue Lantern. And it's awesome because when I think Hope, I think Guy Gardner and oh, his bowl haircut. Yeah, that's weird. That's a weird direction to take that. But it has a cool cover because when you know you flicker it, he actually changes from red to blue on the cover. 
Well, that's worth it then. <laughs> so that was worth my three ninety nine. Unlike the Aquaman one, where he just you know got chains and then the chains fell off, or the Suicide Squad one, where they didn't even bother with a new picture; they just put bars over the regular picture. <laughs> But my favorite part about all of the new Futures End books is that sweet... I'm wearing corduroys just so I can talk about it. Because you make that zipping now. He's... Oh yeah, put that up the mic. That's what, that's what it sounds like when you read your comics. It sounds like a bunch of mice in your cupboard. But now that we've talked about things that suck, let's talk about stuff we actually enjoy. So Mike, you can set this conversation out. <laughs> um... Well, DC may not know what they're doing, but Marvel has kept me entertained these past four months, and um, October will be the finale of... And, you know, you might have missed this in your comic book reading. And, you know, I, I actually missed it at first, too. I read it once and kind of just said, yeah, that's nothing to be excited about. But Road Force has been appearing in one-page strips monthly for the, <laughs> for the past four months. And we get the finale this month. Who's Road Force, you may ask? <laughs> well, the Marvel Wikipedia defines Road Force as... Alex, would you like to take this one? What, a, a group of technologists who ride motorcycles. Yes. See, that is literally the entire entry. And, you know, <laughs> when you posted that today, and, and in your words right now, I sent you being dismissive of that. When in reality, it's the greatest one-two trap that Marvel has ever pulled. Because you're like, Road Force, what's that? Well, they're technologists, and then you like lean forward and like go on <laughs> with motorcycles. <laughs> Snap, trapped. We got you now, <laughs> and you're like, not going anywhere except on an adventure. And that's why Ghost Rider can't ride his motorcycle because the technologists exactly. combated his magic demon powers, and they stole his motorcycle. It's, it's like if you combine Iron Man and Ghost Rider, you get the Road Force, the perfect superhero. In, in the tradition of such great works as Street Hawk. <gasps> And greatest TV show ever. And Time Rider, The Adventures <laughs> of Lyle Swan. Now we have Road Force. <laughs> you know what makes me long for the um, the greatest TV show of all time? It was called Highwaymen. It, it lasted for, I believe, nine episodes in if, 1988. If nine episodes. <laughs> and unfortunately, I, I, I missed one episode because a junior high school dance was on that night, and then they never repeated right. it because... The show got got canceled the week after because because my one less viewership it, uh, was was what drove it into finally being canned. They're like, oh, Andy's not watching it. Time to cancel it. For those of you who don't know the Highwayman, which is everybody but probably me and Andy, <laughs> it was a show about uh, I don't even know what they were, but they rode around in a truck that had a helicopter on it, and. <laughs> Picture Mad Max, but not in a future. And they're good guys, but they dress and act like the bad guys in Mad Max. It starred... And they could punch through walls. Who was the guy who starred in it? It, w it, it was that guy that really wants to be Rutger Hauer, <laughs> but fails and, so miserably at being that attractive. And his sidekick was that guy who did the battery commercials, the Australian guy. <laughs> With the blonde hair, and Yahoo, serious? Uh, I wish. <laughs> and I know I'm not selling this very well, but go find it. 
You can't find you can't, it. It's out there. Did, did they ever use the helicopter, or was it always just a prop that was um, there? I don't know. I didn't really watch it. <laughs> I'm the only I one just, actually I watched just it. Knew it. You couldn't sit all I through, just knew it through all of them the whole season. <laughs> all eight episodes. That show was so bad, we have more listeners than they had episodes. Oh, no. So all of you should be proud of yourselves. You have made us better than Highwaymen. It's ripe for a reboot, though, I think. Oh, definitely. Fox, are you listening? Because Gotham ain't going to last too long, so you need something to fill that <laughs> you need hole. need a mid-season replacement. You know, you know screw bringing back Serenity. <laughs> you can you can slip that in with your 8,000 comic book shows that are currently in development. They're everywhere. And, like, like, for every 12 of them, one of them is good. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D., I enjoy S.H.I.E.L.D. I wouldn't classify it as good. No. But I do enjoy watching it. And I'm glad, you know, it's back into new episodes. But with that said, it's so not good that the commercials for it, every time they come on, and I've seen it about 100 times at this point, and I think it's a spoof movie trailer. Because they have the voiceover guy that's like, <laughs> in a world. <laughs> and and it sounds like one of those, like, Arby's commercials where they pretend they're making a movie, and then it's like, but we're just going <laughs> to eat Arby's instead because we hate our bodies. <laughs> oh, no, Arby's. Uh, yeah, like, Arrow is good. I can't really think of others, other superhero TV shows. Like, the ratio of good superhero movies right now to bad superhero movies is much better than the TV show ratio. Nothing uh, could be as good as the uh, 1996-8 uh, Generation X TV show. Like, that was... That had nothing to do with the comic book. At all. But it had a really bad wannabe Professor X. And his team of X-Men that weren't the X-Men because it wasn't a Marvel property. <laughs> That was a quality show. They got to bring that one back. I'm sure none of the people are doing anything. <laughs> it was no Misfits of Science. Hey. That was one of the greatest TV shows ever. Also on Courtney for Cox. about nine episodes. Started off with a uh, Did it have a helicopter? And it, and no, <laughs> no, they had a character named Johnny B. Good. Oh, good. He was kind of like Electro. So he would um, play his guitar, and he would play Johnny B. Good on his electric guitar that he plugged into himself, and he'd shoot lightning bolts from it. It was pretty awesome. And then there was uh, one guy who was basically like Doll Man. He would hit a spot in the back of his neck, and he'd shrink down to Barbie doll size. So he went to the toy store to buy all of his clothes. Um, there was the frozen guy that they kept in a freezer because he got frozen uh, and was looking for Amelia Earhart. Um, and then Courtney Cox was the unpowered uh, tagger along her. I thought she was the psychic. Was she psychic? Well, I think so. But they all drove around in an ice cream truck. Well, that's so that the frozen helping, caveman lawyer Helping could, people. <laughs> yeah, could have somewhere to stay. And yet they never met the highwayman. <laughs> what a crossover that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you know, I did read something good from, uh, from D.C. the other day. No, you didn't. <laughs> was it good or from D.C.? <laughs> Can't like, people. like Washington, D.C.? Yeah. That would make I, I think that Congress could put something good out before mm -hmm. D.C. Comics could. That's how bad D.C. is right now. So when I read the first issue of Multiversity, I didn't like it because I thought it was way too far out there. And I was like, Grant, this is just Grant Morrison being nuts. Uh, but I checked out the second issue because it was in front of me. Uh, and <laughs> Ringing endorsements. Yeah. Uh, and it was just, it had nothing to do with the first issue. It was just like a pulp comic. 
Pete would love it. Pete, if you're listening, go read the second <laughs> issue of Multiversity. You'll love it. It's like vintage Reed Crandall. You'll love it. <laughs> but it was like actually just a fun pulp comic. Was it? Was it five dollars fun though? Oh, I don't know if it was five dollars. Oh, it was fun. I'm asking you because that's how much I paid for it. It is fun. They're they're all five dollar books. Uh, all the Multiversity ones are five dollars. Yeah. Because the price is printed really tiny in the corner exactly. there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Actually, it it is maybe it's not that fun because <laughs> five dollars is a lot, especially for a DC book. Especially when you consider Saga is three bucks, and it's more amazing than everything DC puts out combined. Yep, you know it's like you know when when you look at all of the image awesomeness, and they're all three dollars or three fifty. And then I go to pick up some of like the DC books, and I'm like, three ninety nine, really? Like you're telling me that Image can give me books at three dollars? You're telling me that Avatar, Boom Comics, IDW can give me books for four dollars, and you can't come up with them cheaper with your mega conglomerate money? Like screw you, DC and Marvel too. This not to, you know, we just like to bash DC, but Marvel's just as guilty. It's funny because um, Lazarus, which is a phenomenal book, so they good. they just went up to three fifty, and Greg Rucka actually apologized in the la- like the last issue. It's going to be fifty cents more. Really sorry. I'm like, you have nothing to apologize for. <laughs> yeah, like that's a book that if that was five dollars, I would still buy. Yeah, it. and and I, I like the fact that yeah, he went through the trouble of apologizing to his fans for the fifty cent hike when every comic that sucks more than his is four bucks. Because we have Velvet, Lazarus, Saga. Ten grand if it ever came out. I <laughs> pretend that book doesn't exist anymore. Really? There's only two issues left. Yeah, well, when they come out, I'll pretend it exists now. again. I would put Fatal, but that finally wrapped up. Although I'm still waiting to read the uh, the last story arc. The trade ship's this week, so I'm finally going to sit down and read it. Did you say Fade Out? Already? Oh, fade out or so. I forgot yeah. about that. When is it, I, when's the next issue of that come out? Uh, I think that might even be next week. It's 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 yeah. within the next couple of weeks. But Did I forgot you, that was a comic because I read the fancy magazine. You, you thought it was a movie? Because <laughs> it because it is. <laughs> yeah, that's an. It was a pretty awesome movie. Fade out was that was that a comic book I read last month or was that a Humphrey Bogart movie? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it was better than a Humphrey Bogart movie. And Humphrey Bogart movies are pretty awesome. That's not a diss on Humphrey Bogart movies. That was just that's how awesome Fade Out was. Is it better than God Hates Astronauts? Oh, ooh. oh, wow! It's an awesome book. All I see is the cover to that book, and like in the preview, they had like some random panels, and I was like, I don't know what this is about. I just can't fathom it. It doesn't make any sense. I I need to order a hundred more copies of God Hates Astronauts because I can't talk about that book because I feel bad because every time I mention it, someone wants to buy it, and I don't have any left. It's the greatest comic ever, though. There's a character. Called Captain Tiger eating cheeseburgers, and he's a tiger that eats cheeseburgers. And then there's the crab-headed soldier guys that aren't just crab-headed; they're just crabs on top of robot bodies, <laughs> so that they can fly through spaceships. A man falls in love with a chicken. Um, she's not a chicken; it's true love, Henrietta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus! And the lengths that he goes to. To be with this chicken will touch your heart. It it is a it it's it's a true romance. It it's one of the most you know, forget Nicholas Sparks books, all right? You know, the notebook, psh. 
No romance in there. This farmer and his chicken, though, now that. <laughs> if you don't have a single tear dripping down your cheek, you're not human. <laughs> <laughs> the love that shall not be named. <laughs> but like you said, there's a tiger eating a cheeseburger. And he's a spaceship captain. <laughs> Good. And that's his name, but he's also a tiger eating a cheeseburger. That's the, he's like, I'm busy right now eating this cheeseburger. I can't deal with whatever you're bringing to me. Because this cheeseburger is so good. It's like a Five Guys cheeseburger. And, <laughs> but that one book that A, should suck, and but doesn't, is awesome, is better than every single one of the 52 DC books combined. Yeah. If you were to somehow distill just the goodness from each book, into like one pellet form, <laughs> that pellet couldn't even compare to like a page of Tiger eating a cheeseburger. I'm gonna read that again when I go home. That's how good it is. I'm gonna dig it out of the box, I put it in, and reread it. All right, so Alex, you wanted to uh, surprise me with some Marvel news that you thought oh would get all excited. You're gonna be so happy to hear this. Okay, so I'm not gonna be happy. You are. You know you are. With this kind of build up, he's gonna bum me out. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, and this is a precursor to the news. This is not the news. But uh, they announced Brian Singer as the director of um, X-Men Apocalypse, which was extremely obvious when he tweeted out that he was going to direct it like two months ago. But the studio was finally like, oh, no, he's directing it. And I was like, thanks, guys. That's useful Yeah, we knew that back in May. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, that whole lawsuit thing got taken care of. So now they can announce it. Now they can announce it. Uh, Wait, but um, the old sexual assault. Oh, oh, Brian Singer's lost. I think yeah. with the. Con I forgot about that. Yeah, that's I didn't nice. know bad stuff was going on with Brian Singer. Oh yeah, he <laughs> is allegedly um, a giant slime ball. Oh, well, you didn't know about Road Force either. <laughs> I'm really misinformed. I, I thought you meant there was a drama with the actual no, like, no, X Force no. and apocalypse and all that. So, so. Uh, they announced that, and then they were interviewing one of the producers, and they were asking him, like, oh, when's the movie going to be set? And he said, well, it's going to be set in the 80s, so we want to reintroduce a lot of those characters who are in the 2000 X-Men movie as younger characters, but we'll have to recast them. So, you know, we'll have to recast Cyclops and Jean Grey and Storm. <gasps> oh, there is a god! The comic geeks have answered my prayers! Halle Berry, you are a crappy, crappy, crappy rappy actress and the only reason anyone thinks you're a good actress is because you, you showed your titties. You suck. Keep showing your titties though. Thank you. And stop talking. You didn't have to take it that far. That was a little too far. But uh, <laughs> I disagree. I'm, I'm right I don't think I took it far uh, enough. Yeah. She's a horrible actress. She knows where her talents lie. Oh. Yep. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, she, she will no longer be Storm because there will probably be Storm in the next X-Men movie and it will be like a younger person because that would make sense. And whoever they get will be better actress than her. Mike, if they hired you, I think you would portray Storm better than Halle Berry. I'm ready. <laughs> Although, you know, you wouldn't be nearly as dreamy, sorry. <laughs> All right, they're doing wonders with CGI and Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> they just have the guy that plays Gollum. <laughs> Andy Circus is Storm. <laughs> they'll CG, they'll, they'll CG the, the goddess form over him. Uh, oh, in other movie news, though, uh, they're going to make a Deadpool movie, which is also amazing and fantastic. It's In theory. It, I mean, I, I like the test yeah. footage. If it was just a movie that's all that, like sure. no plot, just the hour and a half of that, I'd be fine with it. I'd watch it. As would I, but... What if they got David Lynch to direct the Deadpool movie? That's... 
How amazing would that be? No, it would make no. no sense, but be brilliant at the same time. It'd be like three hours long. <laughs> Let's, well, no, here's what we do. We tell David Lynch we want him to do like a half hour TV show. So then it'll only be a two hour long movie. True, true. And it'll almost have a plot, but it'll be Deadpool, so we won't care that there's no plot. <laughs> and at the end, we'll finally know who killed Amanda Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he answers it in the Deadpool. Uh, oh wait, Laura, Laura Palmer. Yeah. Sorry, Amanda Palmer's. That's Neil Gaiman's wife. That's Neil wife. Gaiman's wife. Yeah, sorry, Neil. I, I inadvertently uh, killed your wife. As far as Please we know, your, your wife is fine. She's good, you know, because I know you listen to this yeah. <laughs> on a regular basis. This is this is why you haven't finished the Sandman Overture. You're too busy catching up on on back episodes of our podcast. <laughs> And now we just freaked you out. Your wife is fine. <laughs> Please finish the goddamn series so I can take it off my rack. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So, uh, I yeah, I guess they released, they leaked the test footage because they wanted the fans to have such a huge outcry that it would force the studio's hand. Like, that's my assumption, and I, that must have been why that happened. Um, and, I mean, I guess that's, like, why... Wonder Woman is going to be in the the Dawn of Justice movie because they made that Wonder Woman short and then everyone, you know, bitched at DC about it. And they were like, fine, we'll put her in the movie. No, it's DC's putting everyone in the movie. Well, yeah. I think Captain America is going to be in that movie eventually. <laughs> a little cameo in it. That movie's a giant pipe dream. It's never going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen. No, it's it's not. It's not... It, we're all going to be waiting, and there's going to be a report. Well, the movie's been canceled yet again. Yeah, but you know yeah. what? I said that about the Aliens vs. Predator movie. I mean, I wish it still was true that it never was made, but, you know, I said that, like, about Miracle Man. They're never going to reprint those. So maybe, just maybe, we'll stop saying things like that. <laughs> Obviously, you're jinxing it. I'm jinxing it. <laughs> jinxing cat. Because, yeah, we got the Aliens and Predator movie, but Oof. look what we got. Yeah, we wish we didn't. And then they were like, well, let's try it again. Maybe we'll get it right this time. And it was worse. <laughs> I'm uh, talking about the second one was so much better than the first one. What are you saying? Oh. Did you see the second one? In the second one, there's an, this, like a Predator-style alien. Ugh. <laughs> and they're in, like, they're in that, uh... They're, they're in that town that was uh, that sci-fi show where they lived in the basement and had all the weird stuff happening. A Eureka. Oh, yeah. The, it was like the, the cast of Eureka was off for the day, so they went and filmed the movie in the same town. That show was okay. If there was nothing else on, I would watch it. It was pretty awesome, yeah. It was really good if you were bored and it was on. Just like Warehouse 13. And every other sci-fi show. Yeah, I definitely, I've always felt that way about Stargate, the TV sh series. I've been like, yeah, I mean, if nothing else is on, I, I'll watch it, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad show, it's just, yeah. Never seen an episode. It's like the movie, only slightly more drawn out and boring, but MacGyver's in it, too. It's cool. I never saw the movie. Oh, movie's fun. Is it? Yeah, you should have never seen the movie? It was pretty, I thought you saw every damn movie it was, ever. It was relatively easy. <laughs> but I had James Spader. And Kurt Russell. It, it did. James Spader, the voice of Ultron. <laughs> As he will be known after that movie comes out. I Not watch. James Spader, that guy from that TV show about the criminal on network television. I'm talking about it. I'm told everyone loves that show. <laughs> He's one big fat dude in that show. He is. 
Is he really that bald in real life, or is that just for the show? I really hope that in Age of Ultron, he does play Ultron, and they just squeeze him into a suit. <laughs> <laughs> With his gut hanging out yeah. between the seams. <laughs> James Spader as Ultron. <laughs> you know what? That, that, that movie would be awesome. <laughs> Way better than Dawn of Justice. It would still be better than Don Justice. Christopher Walken could be the Vision. I'm the Vision, and uh, I'm gonna phase through things. Then he has a dance sequence. <laughs> That's how he woos the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> exactly. With Christopher Walken's sweet dance moves. He could do it. He could woo anybody. Even a mute. <laughs> Not a that an inhuman. I'm, yeah, I'm still wondering are they, what they're going to call it in that movie. I assume they're going to go with inhuman, but I they'll probably use they. a lot of things like the other, like um, you know, Gene Freak, and you know, they'll use all of the other phrases for mutants in the Marvel universe other than mutant. The the X Men movies have never bothered to use. I can't remember a time in any of the X Men movies where anyone is like persecuting mutants and uses any of the phrases that they made up for the comic books. Do they have X-Gene in the X movies? Do they reference the X-Gene? Yes. Yeah, I remember them talking about that in the first movie. Okay, let's be fair. Maybe in the third movie, people do call mutants that. I never saw the third movie because I figured it was a good idea to just stay away from it. All right, the third one, one is not good. But two, it's not nearly as bad as as I remembered it when they started showing it on some cable channel and I couldn't find my remote so like a you know true lazy son of a, a bee i just sat through 40 minutes of x-men 3 before i was like i need to get up and get some food <laughs> but upon the second watch it was nowhere near as bad as i remembered it granted it's still not good and i really don't want to actually watch it again but if it was on and i was forced to watch it in a clockwork orange style it wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah, it's the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. of the X-Men franchise. <laughs> if it's on and I'm there, it's like Original Sin. Eh, if it's in front of me, I'll read it. It's not that bad. Like, oh, I paid how much for this series? Oh, now I'm mad. Is that over yet? It yeah, is over. It is? How did it end? All right, spoiler alerts. If you haven't read it, fast forward for about three and a half minutes because that's all it'll take. So... Here is Original Sin, and as quickly as I can. So, every Nick Fury comic you've ever read didn't happen. Uh, that wasn't Nick Fury. It was a life model decoy, and Nick Fury is a 100-year-old man living on the moon, um, killing bad guys in his spare time. And one of those bad guys is the Watcher, and then the Watcher's eyeballs have magic powers and make everyone see a big regret in their life. And then it turns out they missaw it and their lives are better after they talked it out. And then Nick Fury is now a naked homeless man on the moon with magic powers and he's the new watcher. The end. Really? Yes. Yeah, Nick Fury becomes the watcher. Yes. It's also weird because the watcher is from like a race of aliens that do that. So why didn't another one of them just take that guy's place? Why did they need to... And what makes it even worse is the Zero issue was written by Mark Wade and was awesome. Yeah, because Mark Wade. And he gave backstory and origin to Uatu, the Watcher, and his race. And it was 
man, I can't believe I've never read this story. Thank you so much. And then I read Original Sin, and it was okay. And then every time I found myself enjoying it, it was like I got kicked in the nuts by Jason Aaron. And was like, ha ha, uh, by the way, you remember that cool story you read? That didn't happen. And then he started entertaining me again. I'm like, man, all right, I can overlook that one little scene. Ah, nut kick. Like, <laughs> and that's really my problem with Original Sin. It was a couple pretty cool ideas strung out over eight issues with like four really bad ideas mixed in. Yeah, it wasn't, it was like a cool story, but it wasn't worth sacrificing Nick Fury's character to tell it. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm going to give you a wonderful pizza, uh, but just be every third bite, by the way, you have to lick a hobo's behind. <laughs> eh, you know what, I like pizza, but it ain't worth it. You know, like that's kind of what it boils down to. Turn you know, now that I think about it, they managed to ruin Nick Fury completely because they took away his past and his future by making him a different character. <laughs> and they've also, and this is one of my big complaints when they retcon characters. You know, one, I don't tend to like retcons anyways, but in the last like three or four years, they've retconned Nick Fury multiple times and none of those retcons sync up with the other ones. That's part of what made me, you know, like, you know, I'll go back to Bash in DC, like when they did the reboot. Well, you did Infinite Crisis, why don't you do the reboot then? You did Final Crisis, why don't you do the reboot then? You brought all of the dead characters back to life just so you could reboot the universe. Like, why would you do it? Like, why would you retcon Nick Fury if you know this? Oh, because you pulled this one out of your ass, you know, six months ago. And that's what makes me angry is that you, you know, Secret Warriors, which was a great book. Jonathan Hickman redid the history of S.H.I.E.L.D. in S.H.I.E.L.D., um, and in Secret Wars, had them all kind of tie together, gave a whole backstory to the creation of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Fury, and there was all this stuff he didn't know, and now we find out he knows as much as the Watcher and was still played like a chump for 45 years by Hydra. Like, really? Like, really? Like, you, you can't have both of these stories. They're mutually exclusive. And, and that just made me mad. But some of the crossovers were really good, like the Daredevil one. As a longtime Daredevil fan, it was a two-parter. The first issue, pure nerd rage. I was ranting like a madman after I read the first one. Then I read the second one, was like, oh, thank you, Mark Wade. Bravo, golf clap. One of the best Daredevil stories I've ever read. Well, yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, but the its effect on other books was actually way more positive than Original Sin itself because it was like, instead of the normal event where it's like, oh, there's this giant villain or someone is dying or something and you all have to write a story that ties into this other story. It's like, oh, a secret has been revealed and you as the writer of your individual book get to decide what that is and write a story about it. So it gave the writers of the individual books just sort of a, a plot hook, but they could decide what that plot hook was. So they weren't constrained in any way. And that was cool and really beneficial to a lot of books. Um, yeah, because I, of the crossover I, I read, I, I have yet to read one that was bad. And I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of them that are bad. I just haven't gotten to them yet. But I mean, I even read the, um, you know, there's the Hulk Iron Man miniseries that, again, the first issue of that set me into a nerd rage. And by the time it was done, I was like, oh, that was cool. There was the Thor and Loki one where they introduced a new 10th realm. And, you know, spoiler alert, uh, introduced... Angela as Thor and Loki's sister, um, and 
like that was entertaining and i i was reading the thor loki one so that i could hate on it that also actually makes sense that's the only that's like a way to use angela like to make her as guardian that kind of makes sense with that character because when they introduced her in guardians i was like no this doesn't make any sense with this character so they i do like the 10th realm i i hated that idea i went into that i read that solely so i could I could hate on and talk about how bad it was and how horrible Marvel was for coming up with that. And and I actually enjoyed it. Was it the greatest Thor comic ever? Oh, good God, no. But it wasn't bad. And it was a kind of an interesting story. And I'm looking forward to reading that story now. You know, it didn't suck. It didn't undo any of the other Thor stories I read while retconning, which, again, I tend to really hate on. And, uh, you know, another spoiler alert, um, we get, um, holy brain fart, Thor's dad comes back, Odin. So, that's cool, too. Does any of this affect Road Force at all? Uh, yes, actually, because Road Force, it turns out, are actually Asgardian warriors. They're going to be really big in 2015. <laughs> What's the secret about Road Force that they discover? <laughs> that they found out how to get the bugs out of their teeth because none of them have face shields. <laughs> I think that the secret that it should happen in like a, like an Iron Man book or something, uh, a delayed one, is that Road Force actually exists or still exists and then that's what launches the Road Force comic. <laughs> what do you mean actually exists? Of course they exist. I've been reading about them for the past four months. They're in every single Marvel comic for they four had, months. Um, they actually have previous appearances. There were like two one-shots where they, like an Iron Man one and a Captain America one, which I am in the process of trying to track down. <laughs> oh man, I gotta go dig those up. I don't remember that. Alright, we're gonna start the newest internet trend. <laughs> I gotta find the first appearance of Road Force before, before Mike does. Buy up all the copies. Don't uh, let Mike ever read it. I need closure. <laughs> Cause sure, they're technologists. But technologists of what? <laughs> Of motorcycles. Uh, no, they're technologists who with motorcycles. Ride motorcycles. Their motorcycles are how they get to do their technological whatever. You... So their motorcycles aren't like the motorcycles in that really bad uh, Delta Force movie with uh, Chuck Norris? No, I'm pretty sure they're just motorcycles. They're, they're dude, like... those rocket motorcycles were pretty sweet. <laughs> Man, I waited years to see that movie until it finally came out on VHS. <laughs> Go to the video store and rent it, pop it in my VCR, and... That's one of those most <laughs> childhood of horrible, painful memories of waiting to see this movie of awesome that's like an hour and 40 minutes of boredom, followed by really cheesy effects of like a cardboard <laughs> jet motor. It was like my brother <laughs> built the same thing for the bike parade in the local park when I was a kid, where he took a cardboard box and put it over his bike and made it an X-Wing. Looked cooler than the Delta Force motorcycles. By the way, your X-Wing was awesome. Sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, he won. He won the blue ribbon for that one. <laughs> nice as well. He should have. Dude, his his dirt bike became an X-wing. Coolest ever. <laughs> so, in other news, go back to comic books. We have, or actually, I guess this isn't comic news since it's about comic book conventions, um, and <laughs> they have nothing to do with comic books. But I believe, uh, like you said, there was, what, 800,000 of them got announced this last week? Uh, at least. Um, and they're all, like, coming from really weird places. Like, TNT is doing a Teen Titan show. 
CBS is doing a Supergirl show, which doesn't... Unless it's going to be like NCIS Supergirl or CSI <laughs> Supergirl. I don't see how that's going to fit in. And um, Lucifer is apparently going to be a show. Oh my god, the internet has already blown up with people like trying to buy that issue of Sandman where his first appearance. Like that it, it it's so frustrating with the way modern comics collecting is. Like no one no one cares about like they just want that first appearance to get get it slabbed and hang up. And you watch the prices jump up ridiculously for like a month, and then all of a sudden it was like, I just paid how much for a nineties comic? Which we obviously did right now with the first appearance of Road Force. So I just <laughs> yeah. totally blocked myself. I comic blocked myself. Uh uh-uh. <laughs> No, it actually reminds me of um, in, what, like the middle of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season when they introduced Deathlock, and they're like, oh, he's going to be around for the rest of the season, he's going to be the second season, too. Uh, the first issue of the 90s Deathlock book um, started getting really hot, and somebody came into the shop, and they're like, do you, do you have the first issue of the 90s Deathlock? And I'm like, I'm sure we do. It's I'm sure we do. So I looked, and yes, we had it. Um, and he starts talking to me about how Deathlock, like, it's worth so much because of the show. I'm like, oh, really? And I just, like, take the, t- like, peel the price off the issue and just, like, take out the price gun and price it way up and put the new price on it. And I, give it, and I sell it to him. And I sold him to him for, like, I don't know, like, 15 or 20 bucks. And he was he was happy to buy it. And he bought it. And then he was like, yeah, this is going for $40 on eBay. And I'm like, ah, well, that's too bad. Hey, you should sell that right away. And he was like, no, I'm going to hold on to this. This is going to be worth a million dollars someday. And I'm like, okay, you have fun doing that. <laughs> yeah, um, and I believe it goes for almost a dollar now. Yeah, it's like $1 to $3. Because <laughs> the problem with those 90s books is there's a million copies of all of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's... People have been coming in a lot lately looking for Teen Titans books because the show just got announced. And I'm just like, you guys, ser- seriously, they're going to be worth nothing in like two months. <laughs> as soon as that show actually comes out, those comics are worth nothing again. Or they're worth how much they were to begin with. Which might not have been nothing, but it's not as much as you're paying. No. They're $5 books, if that. <laughs> you know, except for the first Deathstroke, which is a $10 book that people are paying $100 for now. <laughs> What I really enjoy is the people that spend all the money on uh, the first Deadpool. That book was one of the most popular books in the big boom era. At one point, I had a long box filled with nothing but that issue in the store. <laughs> it is not rare. It Like, yes, Deadpool is very popular. I get it. The current Deadpool book, when it's really at its height of popularity, sells about 75,000 copies. New Mutants 98 was selling about 300,000 copies, which means every Deadpool fan that reads the Deadpool comic can, in theory, own six copies of New Mutants 98. There's six times as many of them. So, yeah. Uh, keep buying those books. I mean, if I have more. They're, I love them. They're better than cats. I want to sell them again and again. So, um, coming up in October, for those that uh, like to go to smaller comic shows, uh, the East of the River Comics and Collectible Show, you can come down and uh, hang out with me. I'll be there Sunday, October 26th from 10 to 3. It's at the Golden Gavel Plaza. 
which is on Route 40 in East Windsor, Connecticut. So those of you that are in Northampton, it's uh, about a 40, 45 minute drive from town. Um, for those of you that are farther south, it's even closer. For those of you that are north, well, do the math, it's farther. But it's a really good show. Um, a friend of mine puts it on and uh, I usually get some tables, so I just wanted to pimp it for a little bit because uh, it's a dollar to get in. It's a it's an old school style show. It's not a, it's not like the current, you know, New York Comic Con and San Diego and Boston and all those ridiculous ones that, uh, you know, I don't care for because they really have nothing to do with comics. Um, but this one is just old school dealers with a bunch of crap. Some guys have really nice stuff. Some guys have toys and baseball cards and, you know, that sort of stuff. But come down, visit, hang out with me, get your geek on. I mean, that's definitely a, the great place to go if you want to, like, buy comic books. Lots of dollar books, you know, a couple of guys with Silver Age and Golden Age and good stuff, too. But I think you're missing the big sell here. Uh oh, what I what I miss? Free donuts. Oh, <laughs> well, where, I didn't even see that on there. Free Halloween candy, cider, and donuts, to be precise. See, that's those true. are that's worth more than a dollar. So, that's really, that yeah, admission is getting you free food. That's great. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're this man. I am deal. a horrible salesman. It's not even fine print. It's really big print at the bottom. I was trying to focus on what's important to me. <laughs> I, I know, but <laughs> I I forgot about what's important. You know, important to you. It's like I. Love, Who are you? It's like, it's like I love comics, but if somebody's handing out donuts, I love them even more. <laughs> it's true. Go eat a donut. Just, and buy some comics. Just don't eat donuts while you're reading comics, because that gets messy. You can do that. Just don't, don't read my comics yeah, while you're reading donuts. Don't touch my stuff. <laughs> You go touch everyone else's yeah. stuff while you're eating that go, donut. Go rub donut frosting on your own crap. <laughs> Isn't that the worst when you're watching, like, you know, I still have, like, a freak out when I see people, like, you know, they'll fold a comic in half to uh, read it. And I'm like, I still have that, like, collector geek mentality to me where, it, like, it makes me, like, twinge. And I'm like, ah, the poor uh, comic. <laughs> or, like, kids will come in and buy comics, which makes me really happy because kids are buying comics. But then it makes me really sad because I know those comics will not exist in a month. <laughs> uh, like you never even heard of a backing board, have you? <laughs> Why is it in this plastic, Daddy? I'm like, oh, that poor book. <laughs> it makes me sad for the comics. But it makes me happy for the industry. So I'm perplexed. I don't know how to feel. I don't I don't know. Just don't buy anything good. Just don't buy anything good. <laughs> Take as many copies of Red Lanterns as you want. <laughs> what are you talking about? That has Guy Gardner as a Blue Lantern. Don't take uh, that. You know. Take uh, G.I. Zombie. Which actually does not suck. It, I had to take a deep breath before I could actually say that statement. It's uh, Palmiotti and Gray writing it. And it's got Bo Hampton doing the art. And it's a G.I. Zombie comic. And much like I Vampire. I Zombie, whatever that, but yeah, no, I Vampire. That's right, I Zombie was a Mike Allred one. Yeah. Much like I Vampire, it should be god awful, and it's actually fairly entertaining. Yeah, one of my friends reads. Um, they read comics, but they only read them in, in trade because they're my age, and that seems to be what my generation likes to do. But they wanted to see if there's anything good in New Fifty Two, and someone was like, "Oh, read I Vampire," and they're like, "Wow." This book's great. I, it was really good. I can't wait to buy the next trade of this. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you can't. That book was canceled. <laughs> Yeah, I think it made it to three trades. Might be only two. Yeah, I think it's only two. But it it was a really good book, and then like sales were dying because there was no one could. The only reason I read it was you know to mock it, and that was when I read all the new Fifty Two number ones, and 
honestly, I, I think I Vampire of all the 52, new 52 number ones was the best. I like it better than Batman. I like it better than Earth 2. Oh, actually, Earth 2 wasn't one of the original. But um, Swamp Thing, Animal Man, like those were really good. But man, I Vampire, so much better. And it's I Vampire. And the art was not good, but it worked so perfectly in that book. So it was actually really good. But if that same art style was on any other comic, it probably would have sucked. <laughs> the moral of the story is, if you ever see an eye vampire trade, you should buy it. We got to bring that book back. And then go buy G.I. Zombie. But whatever you do... Hurry. <laughs> it won't be around much longer. Hey, listen, it's going to make it at least it's issue eight. Just don't buy Supergirl... Unless you really like cyborgs. Because she's a cyborg. Maybe you really like cyborg. And then you'll think, oh, this is the book for me. <laughs> she's still, is she a Red Lantern cyborg? Is that still? Oh, no, no, no. 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 Oh. She's hanging out with cyborg Superman. From the death of Superman. Obviously. Who yeah. else would she be hanging out Clearly. with? Cyborg? <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense. And uh, <laughs> she, she calls him like Prime One or, you know, Optimus Prime or something. <laughs> But yeah, it, it it was it was very entertaining because it was so bad. <laughs> yeah, like I tried reading the uh, the Batwoman Future's End. Oh, that was oh, it was bad. It was so bad. The like the cover was she was the vampire as the flip. It's like her face and then her face is like a vampire lady. Um, no, no, that's just how they draw her. She's really pasty. She's really pasty. Um, she's like Sheldon from Big Bang. She just doesn't get much sun. <laughs> but yeah, man, that issue was terrible. So bad. But you know what was really good? Magneto. The last couple issues of Magneto. The that last book just keeps getting more awesome. The most recent issue of Magneto just made me really sad. Because he just got his butt handed to him. <laughs> Oh, you didn't read the one that came out this week. Well, no, because it hasn't come out yet. It's Tuesday still. Oh, my God. It is so good. Good. I'm so good. Magneto is one of the one of the best books Marvel's putting out right now that no one reads. You'd think it would just be sort of that, like, one-tone book, but no, this guy actually writes the character super well. Is it Colin Bunn who's writing it? Is that the writer? Yep. Yeah. Who's... Uh, mediocre to slightly above average, but man, he just he hits it out of the park with every issue of Magneto. This issue is just Magneto getting tortured, and like, wow, was it good? It was so good. I'm gonna so go. That'll cheer you up. Yeah, torture issue. Yep. yep. But it was it was showing him dealing with it, so you don't actually watch any of the torture. So it wasn't like, you know, like a DC book where, like, they just show every piece of, you know, you know, a saw sort of torture. Like that, the last issue of Dark Knight that I read that was, had um, the Mad Hatter gouging out someone's eyeballs with his thumbs. Oh, yeah. You remember that yeah, issue? I do. It was like, wasn't that like a double page spread of that? Yep. yep. And I'm like, and I'm done with this book. Like, really? Like, and I read Crossed. <laughs> and I couldn't read The Dark Knight anymore because it offended me. And, and I read possibly the most offensive comics to ever be published. Thank you, Garth Ennis. Your book gives me nightmares and makes me have to shower. Alan Moore writing crossed. Thoughts? <laughs> All right. That is going to be the best piece of crap <laughs> ever printed. Because you know it's going to be horrible. It's going to make his Necronomicon <laughs> look like high art. It's going to make David Laugham's crossed. <laughs> 
look, look passe and reasonable. <laughs> it's gonna all. Oh, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just expecting lots and lots of penises. First of all, well, yeah. I, I think. All right, over under on the amount of penises that you see in the first issue, Alan Moore's crossed hundred. Over or under. <laughs> I'm gonna play it safe and go with under, but not by much. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say under as well, with the caveat that there has to be um, a full page. That's <laughs> like a close up, a fold out. Well, there's only 20 pages in a in a Avatar comic, so you can't have a you can't have a hundred full page dongs. <laughs> but I still think there's gonna be five dongs per page on average. <laughs> on average, I'm going with over. <laughs> Alan Moore, you best give me the hookup, buddy. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not going to let you listen anymore. <laughs> I'm going to take all your mushrooms away. <laughs> I want five dongs per page. Going to put your snake DD altar in the trash. <laughs> you don't get to have it until you until you do this. <laughs> oh, poor Alan Moore. Remember when you wrote good comics? Yeah, I don't either. Long time ago. A long, long time ago, in a galaxy far away, Naboo was under an attack. <laughs> the best thing to come out of episode one, that piece of music. <laughs> the only good thing to come out of episode one. Oh, have you um, been paying attention to the to the con- the sort of feud between J.J. Abrams and Scott or Zack Snyder? Not Scott Snyder. <laughs> Scott Snyder. That'd be even better. That'd be really sweet. I would take Scott Snyder's side. They're just doing a Twitter war where they post images from on set of their movies where they incorporate, it's like Zack Snyder incorporates um, random Star Wars things into the Dawn of Justice, and J.J. Abrams incorporates random uh, Batman or Superman things into Star Wars. So it was like they showed the the really, the, like the coolest one, because a lot of them are just photoshopped images as characters photoshopped in the, the opposite universes. Um, but the coolest one was J.J. Abrams posted this shot, and it's the Millennium Falcon, like the actual Millennium Falcon they have on set. And it's um, the camera's just like going in really close and then goes under, and you see in this one little like uh, duct thing, r- really small, is a model of the Batmobile, <laughs> like built into the Millennium Falcon. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's cool. I saw something about the Batmobile and the Millennium Falcon. And I was like, I don't care. Oh, it was it was good. That thing that, that I might I might look into that. Yeah, that that short clip, it's like a 15 second clip is totally worth watching. And some of the photoshopped images look cool, but most of them just look kind of stupid. Like there's C3PO in like a Batman cape like on a rooftop in Gotham and I'm like, oh, this is sort of dumb. <laughs> Alrighty, well, I think we've uh, run out of things to talk about, so why don't I let y'all get back to work? I'm Andy, Mike, let's peace out.